What is up, Wadi College? We're back this week with week three of Take 10, our podcast. I'm Caroline Clark, one of your co-hosts. I'm here with Carolina Head. Say hey, Caroline. Hey, guys. And we are here with Vic Doss, the one and only, our college pastor. And today we're going to be diving into Vic's thoughts on the first chapter of Malachi. It's actually specifically part of a verse in chapter one. And, and I think uh, this happens a lot when, uh, when we teach through books of the Bible. I know uh, for Joel and I, it happened when we were teaching through Exodus for the second time. By the time we got to the end of Exodus, the second time through, we were like, oh, I think I know what the book's about now. <laughs> so uh, in Malachi has occurred to me, uh, particularly this week, as I've been studying and getting ready for Sunday night, that that the entire book hinges on one phrase in uh, chapter one of Malachi. If you remember in verse one, it starts with... Uh, basically saying this is the oracle of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. And then God speaks in verse two through Malachi by saying this phrase, I have loved you. And what's crazy is Israel's response to that is, oh yeah, how? And and what God begins to do in that first chapter is to unpack this phrase, I have loved you. And he says, here's one reason. I chose you. I picked you. I walked into the great orphanage of the world and said, I want you. And you became my treasured possession. And this whole idea of God's love for us, I I think sometimes we underplay it. I know that sounds crazy. You know, it's plastered all over everything, right? Back when there was such thing as baseball. You remember that when we used to actually see it and you could go to the games? The guy behind the home plate that holds the sign, John 3.16 sign. Everybody knows John 3.16, right? And it says... For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Right. You know the rest. Yeah, right. And they're bumper stickers. God loves you. And and I think maybe it's because we use the phrase so much that, that it it's lost a little bit of its value. But when you read Malachi, after I have loved you, it gets harsh. Like it is nothing but a rebuke. I'm going to give you a little review of where we were this past week and just remind you of why... God saying, I have loved you, matters. If you go to the end of chapter 3, Malachi chapter 3, this this blew my mind today. And this is why I love the Bible. It's why you just need to get fresh stuff from God every day. So there's this rebuke going on. God says, look, you've spoken arrogantly against me. You've said the wicked prospered. Um, And here's what's going to happen. There's a group of people that pay attention to the Lord. They speak to one another, encourage one another, and God hears them. And it says a book of remembrance was written before the Lord of those who feared him and esteemed his name. So the whole series has been namesake. We need to live for his name. Well, there's this group of people that hear the message and repent and go, you know what? God does love us. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. In the day when I make up my treasured possession, it's the, actually the Hebrew word is my peculiar treasure, and I will spare them. This is, this is what I want to focus on. I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. So this idea that God, God's got us as his possession, he loves us, and he's going to spare us as a father would spare an obedient son. Well, here's what we know, because we know human nature, and we know 
we're not obedient. This is mind blowing when you think about that's that phrase, I have loved you. And Israel goes, well, how have you loved us? And God says, because I chose you. And God's done that for us before the foundations of the world. He chose us in Christ. So that phrase, I will spare them as a man spares his son who obeys him. The only way you and I get spared by the father is that the son who was obedient is not spared. Like that's that's mind blowing. When you think about the the verses where the, the scriptures that talk about God's love for us. And so couch it in that God saying to the children of Israel, this remnant that he holds out, I have loved you. That's how he starts. And he comes all the way to the end of chapter three. It's this harsh rebuke saying, I'm going to show you the distinction between the wicked and the righteous. There's going to be a dividing line. Those who serve me and those who do not serve me. And I'm going to spare those who serve like a father would do an obedient son. Because my son, who was obedient, doesn't get spared. So that kind of love, think think about the number of times in the Bible we're told about this. That we already said John 3, 16, Romans 5, 8, God shows his love for us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. This is the mind-blowing thing about the Bible. It's, it's not because we're good that, that Jesus dies for us. It's because he's great. And, and that, that kind of just crazy love, the pursuit of us, even in our lost, wretched, think about the priest all through Malachi, they've been rebuked. But there's this, there's this little thing of hope held out. Just there's going to be a remnant. There's always a remnant that will turn and revere and worship God. And that love that he has for us needs to be the motivation for that. And I think a lot of times, a lot of our sin is couched in the reality, uh, not, not in the reality, but couched in the idea that we don't believe God loves us. And so we don't, we don't believe that he can be trusted. We don't believe he has our best intentions at heart. And, and really what's at the heart of God is, is his love for his peculiar treasure, his people. And uh, just that idea of being spared as a father would spare an obedient son this week has just been wrecking me and bring me back to the realization is the only way that can be said about me is, is that the son who is perfectly obedient doesn't get spared. It's, it's, it's mind-blowing when you think about that kind of love displayed on the cross in the death of Jesus on behalf of us who the Bible, again, tells us that before the foundations of the world, God said, I, I'm, I have loved you. So that, that's kind of just a big thought for the week that has just been resonating in my heart for, for a week, really. And just I hope, I hope doesn't stop. And I hope that's helpful to you. Any, any thoughts about that or think about it? If, if you don't believe God loves you, it's going to be hard for you to trust, I Absolutely. think, in some ways. And that kind of provoked a thought in my mind when you were talking about that. What would you say to the college student right now that is having a hard time fully submitting to that thought, fully believing that God loves them and that kind of maybe provoking their sin? What would you say to that college student? Wow. I, what is, uh, what's interesting about Malachi, I, I think I, I would say read Malachi, right? And, and hear what God is saying to, a, to an unfaithful people. Even in the section we looked at, 
this week. They're looking at the world and saying that the wicked prosper, right? What what good they they say, what does it profit us to serve the Lord? That's a what's behind that is, well, God, you don't really love us. Because if you did, we'd be prospering just like the look at the wicked. Psalm 73 is an entire psalm about that. And and so this isn't a this isn't a new thing. This belief that God doesn't love us, it started happening in the garden. And and it's followed humanity all the way through and will until Jesus comes back. But but what's happening there is we've lost perspective. We think that God needs to work on our timeline. And and that causes us to doubt. We live in a microwave world and serve a crockpot God. He doesn't move like we move. It's slow sometimes because he's got some work he needs to do in us. And some of it is just, are we going to obey and trust him and believe that on the end of whatever it is we're going through, there's going to be joy. Like, like it says, Jesus, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross because he knows what's on the other side of that is joy. You know, the road to joy is, is the, that path is, is suffering. And so I, I think I would say to that student, listen, you got to believe. That's why I think Malachi starts with, I have loved you. You, you have to believe that. And if you get that anchored in your soul, you can hold on to that when everything else is just flying apart around you. Because there's a reason God leads with that. I have loved you. No out of the gate. I have loved you. But, and then there's three chapters of just, you're getting spanked, right? Man, the hope that's in chapter four is amazing. But I, I mean, that's what I would say. I hope that's helpful. But a lot of it is you're just going to have to hang on and trust. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you're walking away from this with something to encourage you this week. We'd love to see you at our college service this Sunday night, 8 p.m. Worship Center. Come say hi, bring a friend. We'd love to have you. See y'all next week.